Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer. Her name is Issa. His name is Jimmy Corderas. And it's the AEW Dynamite Wrestling Inc. after show. And have we got a show for you. We've got new trios rivalries happening. We've got new tag team rivalries happening. And we even got a brand new TNT champion. But before we get into all of that, Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing good. I figured I had to dress for the occasion. So because it's you and Issa tonight, as opposed yeah. to uh, the, the usual Wednesday night crew, I figured yeah. somebody needs to keep you guys in line. So I <laughs> dressed for the occasion. It's, well, it's I, honor, dressed, I dressed honor. for a false count anywhere fight, Issa. So get ready. We're going to it's going to go down today. I <laughs> I am very dressed up, but I can fight in any outfit, any <laughs> any pair of shoes. It doesn't matter. Just bring it. I have the referee. That's all that matters. Also, also an honor. I told you off air, but an honor to get Jimmy in the stripes. Like he just, I'm I'm internally marking out for it. <laughs> it really is an honor, Jimmy, to have you have you in the stripes for the show. So I definitely appreciate it. Issa, how are you feeling? I didn't ask you. How are you today? Before we get into the news. You know, it's been a great day if you're me today. I am as happy as it gets. It, happy International Women's Day to everybody, but it's a great day to be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say to everyone who's watching, I hope you guys are having a great day, everyone listening and watching. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. You know the drill. Let's get into the news. We have some very big news, very big international news, and I'm not talking about championships. I usually will read the news, but today, International Women's Day, I'm going to let the person who internally broke this news, Issa, tell us about Backlash. Uh, so today, WWE broke the news that WrestleMania, well, actually, they just said Backlash, so I'm very happy. I'm hoping they just call it Backlash and not WrestleMania Backlash, will be transmitted live from beautiful San Juan, Puerto Rico. The host of this event is going to be the great Bad Bunny. Um, you guys know I've been secretly asking at all of these press conferences that I get a chance. Anytime I speak to anybody Puerto Rican, I'm like, Damian Priest, tell me, are you guys coming to Puerto Rico? He gives me a wink. I asked Triple H, hey, are you guys coming to Puerto Rico? And he's like, stay tuned. Gives me a wink. They were not copying me, Jack Farmer. May 6th, right after WrestleMania, first pay-per-view after WrestleMania, PLE, sorry, after WrestleMania, uh, Puerto Rico hasn't had a 
televised live event. We have house, house shows, but we haven't had anything since New Year's Revolution back in 2005. And the crowd was incredible. Go back and watch it. It was such a fun crowd. The, the video packages that they did throughout the, the, the resorts and all that, it was, it was such a fun event. So I'm very, very excited for it. I've seen the local crowds. I cover a lot of local wrestling events. I've been ring announcing. The fan base here is just incredible, and I just cannot wait to hear. That, that crowd is just going to be magical that night. I think that WWE needs to bring you on for that show and have you do something there. <laughs> yes. Uh, be a part of that show. Because uh, as Jimmy knows, when WWE is in town, they're always hiring local people to do some stuff there. But you should be there. You, they should have you do, at the very least, some kind of crowd work, interviewing people. I don't know. They, they, they've they got an idea. what You should be doing or, something or, for it. Or, or the announce table. Help them out at the announce table on the on the, on the Spanish side. They're... Manifested into assistance for me, guys. Thank you. I, mean, <laughs> I, know, I know Issa and I have a little bit of a rivalry, but I would never want to put her in danger of being at a commentary table at a pay-per-view at a premium <laughs> live event. That is not the American table because that is a yes. very dangerous table to be at. Exactly. The I'll, non- have, I'll have my bunny and there'll be a priest there. I'll be like, priest, protect me. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but that is such a cool thing. I, 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 when something like that happens, when WWE goes to a place they never go to, you always want the people who are there to have an opportunity to go see it live. And I think that's so important. But there's also this part of me, it's like, ma'am. Puerto Rico and getting to see Bad Bunny and getting to see a WWE show. That sounds like a vacation I want to go to. Like, no, it sounds, sounds like, like Isa is being manifesting, doing some brujeria over here in Puerto Rico, <laughs> trying to make this happen. <laughs> the, the best thing about it is because it is in Puerto Rico, it makes it a destination for people who are not from there, who are not mm-hmm. you know local. So you want to go there and you can make an event out of it. Hey, you know what? WWE is in Puerto Rico for this uh, premium live event. Let's go down there for a week and just make it a make it a like a, a a vacation destination with a nice little added bonus. Yep, and listen, Puerto Rico is absolutely beautiful. It is it is paradise, and I would suggest that uh, if anybody needs any help, my my main love is tourism. That's what my first degree was for. Hit me up, and I'll help you book and tell you where to stay and all that fun things. But you know, the other thing that really caught my eyes about this new is like the next three PLEs. After WrestleMania, not in the continental U.S. You have Puerto Rico, you have Saudi Arabia, and you have London. Like, they're taking this global machine to a whole new level, and they're really showing you what they're doing uh, with their product. And that is absolutely incredible. I didn't realize the next three in a row were all going to be outside of, obviously, continental U.S. Puerto Rico is part of the United States, but it's kind of far away from it. So Right, right. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, that begs the question, when is the U.S. finally going to get a PLE? Ah, that's a good question. I, I'm I'm more thinking about when Canada is going to get a PLE. Like you know, I know that they announced that SmackDown is coming in August to Toronto. <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming to Toronto for a SmackDown uh, taping, uh, not a taping, but live show in, yeah. in August. But other than that, I can't remember. The, oh my goodness! I think um, 2019 SummerSlam may have been the last time they did uh, uh, a PLE up here in Toronto, at least. Anyways. Uh, they did TV recently in Montreal. Oh, they did do the the pay per view in Montreal. Right? Yeah, but Montreal's kind of far from you guys. For, it's a, it's about a five hour drive for us. Right, you know? right. You yeah. did get a house show recently, which Roman Reigns showed up. So you know mm-hmm. that's a special house show because Roman Reigns is not showing to just any house show. Well, so I mean, at, at least they're they're still putting priority when they go when they go to Toronto. 
Yes, absolutely. Because Toronto, you know, it's the home of former uh, WWE president, the late great Jack Tunney. So, yeah, it is. It does show, though, that WWE has always talked about being the biggest wrestling company in the world. But it feels like they're starting to say now we're going to flex our muscles a little bit and Mm -hmm. actually go all over the world and do this, which Mm -hmm. I think is great for everybody, because I think it's good for the fan. I, I I'm a big believer in rewarding fans and there are fans all over the world that should get the opportunity to go see shows. So I think that's really cool. Uh, And it's going to grow the, it's going to grow the brand so much when you can go to see a show, it's a game changer. You will, Mm -hmm. It, it makes you fall in love with brands so much more when you can go see shows. So, oh my God. I, uh, I, I, I think it's punch, great. I'm going to punch David Montalvo in the chat who says, Backlash hometown hero, Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that got a pop out of me. The okay? greatest celebrity. <laughs> From Dorado, Puerto Rico, baby. <laughs> Good thing I wore this shirt. <laughs> Yeah. If they did, they should do a Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny match. By the way, no, all jokes no, aside, no, I think that would oh be. Oh my goodness, we don't need to do that. That would be fun. Uh, but that's going to be huge. I can't wait. You, I, in all seriousness, WWE. I don't know if you watch this show, but give you should have Issa on that Puerto Rico show. She yeah. not only does she deserve it, but I think the fans want to see it. So make it right. happen. Uh, some Look fans, at that, Jack, you're so nice. No, it's all about it's all about sharing the love. Uh, <laughs> something that's not sharing love is sports gambling, and WWE's <laughs> trying to get a piece of it. I don't know if that is a transition. I'm just trying to move to the next story. <laughs> but the next story is uh, CNBC is reporting that WWE officials are currently in talks with gaming regulators in Michigan and Colorado. Uh, hoping to make them stop worrying about betting on a predetermined piece of information. WWE has reportedly (laughs) talked with gaming officials about locking in the results for its premium live events months in advance. WWE is reportedly working with the accounting firm Ernst & Young, famous for helping tabulate and secure results for the Emmy Awards to help convince regulators that it will keep all results secure from any parties outside the company. And even the wrestlers themselves not being told of the long cemented results until hours before the show, certain States allow betting on the Academy Awards, including Colorado and Michigan, Jimmy, Mm -hmm. uh, two questions. I feel like Mm -hmm. they do allow, I feel like there is betting in pro wrestling, but do you believe, based on what you've seen backstage, mm. that it's possible to have results hidden in a way that you could make it legal to gamble? Uh, I find it very difficult because, uh, it, it, see, and I know and I understand that people are trying to compare this. Yes, the, the outcomes are predetermined and we will keep this under wraps, kind of like they do with the Oscars and the Emmys and the Grammys and stuff like that. The difference with pro wrestling is anything can happen at any time. And you can lock in and say, so-and-so is going over in this match in this pay-per-view, like two or three months ahead of time. But in pro wrestling, it's the only business where the finish can change at the gorilla position right before they go out. And I've seen it happen Mm -hmm. many times. So I don't know how you do this and keep everything under wraps because – the one thing that's hard to do in the wrestling business, especially today in today's day and age with all the technology in the world, mm-hmm. keeping everything under wraps. It's, it's right. I, I, I want to say, Hey, it can happen, but I can't see it happening. It, it seems like where we live in a world where 
it's not that uncommon for us to get results on Twitter for shows and events. I don't know how suddenly that stops. Uh, Issa, would you gamble on a uh, on a wrestling event? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But I might set up some kind of line that people can call and I'll give them some advice. That's where the money really is at, Jack. You want to join me, Jimmy? Let's go. All right. I doesn't is it doesn't like AEW do it though? I swear, I swear their shows. There are, is. It's it's things. really funny because I was little, I was literally mm -hmm. like two days ago making fun of my stream because somebody said, "Oh, Cody Rose is the odds favorite in Vegas," and I literally says, "Who bets on wrestling?" And then this news come out, and I'm like, "Well, I guess I'll shut up." <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's very. It's I don't know. It's interesting. It, like also the idea of locking these in months in advance seems very tricky as well, because mm -hmm. as we've seen, even if the, you can have it planned out all you want, but you never know how things are going to go with the fans. And, and with every, you can, there's so many things that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like you even sometimes have to call a different finish on the, on the spot. Like it just, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I just, I wouldn't trust this. So I personally wouldn't put my money on it. As, as someone who has been in the ring, when things <laughs> change on the fly, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, whether it comes from the back, whether somebody decides to go into business for themselves, whatever the case may be, uh, I, I just don't see it happening. It's, it, it, there's just too much, too many variables. You know what I mean? And yeah. There's always going to be someone that knows. So it's just too easy to say, bet on mm -hmm. this person. Right. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm one of the few people that know, it's too easy for me to just call my buddy and say, dude, just bet a thousand hundred million dollars on mm -hmm. this person. They're going to win. Right. And yeah. how are they going to track that? You know, I don't know. It's mm -hmm. just too. Mm -hmm. I, it'll be it. I mean, I, I will say a lot of really the, the typical usual thing that the internet does a lot of fun memes. We're roaming around the internet about how we're all going to become gambling addicts. It was, it was a lot. I had a lot of fun going through those today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, I do look forward to the uh, eventual news story about the insider trading gambling story that mm -hmm. comes yeah. out of this, but, uh, but we'll see. Um, Let's get into the show. Why don't we sure. actually? We got a, a super chat. Randy snuck one in right before. Oh, Randy. Uh, Randy Hawkins with a super chat says, I have a feeling WWE will show betting odds on screen like AEW with wins and losses. Oh, they stopped doing mm. that. AEW no. stopped with the rankings. I don't know what yeah. happened. <laughs> no, I don't think you, I don't think you're going to see the betting odds on screen at the, on WWE TV. Uh, Randy, I, I don't think so. If there is, is there a way that WWE would make money off of people betting on them? Is mm. that like you get? Paid yeah, by to, changing the result. <laughs> but uh, that would be draft. <laughs> that would be draft teams that makes the money. I'm sorry, though, right? that, that would be cheating. But I, I don't like that's because DraftKings. I feel like this is great for DraftKings, but I don't know why WWE would be so interested in it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know the deal. Maybe WWE gets a cut. I don't know. Well, then I definitely don't trust. Exactly. Exactly. Mundo. <laughs> because if like, cause I know the, the NFL doesn't make money if people bet on the Super Bowl. they don't care right. about right. that. But mm -hmm. if the NFL is getting paid for the people who bet on the Super Bowl, then I'd be like, Oh, I do not trust any of this. That immediately. But think about it. Like, okay. Like 
there's been so much drama with like, for example, the NBA being rigged, right? Like we hear all of these things and these are sports that are not rigged and people don't trust them with their gambling. And imagine one that's already scripted, like the drama and the mess that are going to happen is going to be so weird. Yeah. Oh, the conspiracy theories and everything else. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what though? I love a good dumpster fire. I think it'll be oh, great. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it should, you should legalize it and just watch the, I'm, 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 I'm going to get some extreme uh, heat here, the Canadian heat magnet. But speaking of dumpster fire, let's talk about the show tonight. I was going to say that, Jimmy. You stole oh. it from me. Oh, we are going to have some fights tonight, folks. This Great is going to be a good episode. This is going to be a good episode. But before we get into it, I do want to say one more time. If you're watching the show, like, comment, share, subscribe. A five-star review on social media. Leave a little comment in there as well. Uh, Justin Labar, our our good friend, isn't in today, has some personal issues. So uh, also maybe hit him up on Twitter and just say how much you appreciate him and what he does Mm -hmm. on the show. I think that'd be a really cool thing. If just at Justin Labar and uh, let him know how much you appreciate what he provides the show. Very good guy. uh, And he'll be back next week. But also shout out to people in the chat. Ricky Zaldivar, Night One, Jeroy J, Monge in the chat, Corey Pride, uh, Rocky. Good to see you. You know it in the chat. I don't see you on Mondays. You know it. Uh, George Bartley, uh, good to see you. John Millard, King, Kia, uh, and Deadpool Party, uh, Layla, so many more. There's a ton of you in here. I can't get to yeah. all of you, but you you all know who you are. I appreciate you coming through. Um, let's get into the show. I just want to start with a quick thing, and I want everyone's opinion on this real quick or thoughts on this because we, we start with the intro, and it's all – clips of what happened at revolution and it, it made me realize that uh in this day and age i've i mean i watch all the shows and um i watch all the pay-per-views and things but back in the old days when you'd watch these shows you didn't know what happened on the show until the next like if you didn't watch a pay-per-view you didn't know until raw or nitro what happened on the pay-per-view because you didn't have twitter and things so right everybody in the chat let me know if do you watch every pay-per-view or do you wait to see results? And if you do, how do you figure out what happened at the paper? You just look at what people are saying on Twitter. Uh, I'm just, I was curious about that. Like, was that intro telling people what happened for people who didn't watch the show? And, and are there people who watch dynamite every week that don't watch the pay-per-views? It feels like that's, a, I mean, I guess there would because yeah. the numbers don't add up, but right. I don't know. Right. It's an I don't know. Weird thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's a good point. Actually, well, no, it is. Yeah. Uh, so Sergio says I watch every uh, pay per view and PLE. Uh, cool. So cool. Then Randy says I have no money for pay per views. So Randy, how do you yeah. find how do you find out what happens? Do you just look on Twitter or do it, you uh, wait for the next show or how do you figure out what happened on the pay per views? Well, there yeah, well there are websites out there that you can go to that uh, you know post the results as they go along. So you know that's true too. Yeah. Uh, Monge says, uh, I listen to wrestling Inc. podcasts. If I miss the shows and pay-per-views, that's the Thank right you. answer. That's the answer. That's, that's the answer. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Tell him what he's won, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love this episode of dynamite. I thought it was great. I'm super you excited would. to be a, a part of this one. Uh, let me know in the chat what you guys thought. Which one? What's the odds here? I, I'm outnumbered by these two. You got to let me know if uh, no, if, if no, I'm crazy I, here. I, I'm not saying that it was. I, I, there were certain things that I enjoyed, and there are some things that just went. They, they, uh, 
Same. Anyway. Same. Listen, and I can't all, wait to hear all where we're all at. It's all or nothing. You're not allowed oh. to. You're not allowed to. Oh. There's no nuance in pro wrestling. You got. <laughs> so let's start. Let's start with the beginning, though. So, uh, Orange Cassidy versus Jay yeah. Lethal for the All Again. Atlantic Championship. And uh, the refs force the lethal crew to stay backstage and commentary team echoes over the arena for a while before Jay lethal works the knee and even gets the figure four Cassidy damages lethal's shoulder. And it actually pays off as it causes lethal to fail the lethal injection and Cassidy gets the win. Uh, I see you nodding your head there, uh, Jimmy. We're, we'll talk about a little bit of what happens after this, but I know you're not a fan of the roll-up. I know you're not a fan of a lot of things. This was actually, I thought, a very smart way to just have a nice, clean finish. It, it worked here because they were selling body parts. It was like old school wrestling meets new school. And that's the, the challenge here. They, you know, like you said, uh, Orange Cassidy selling his knee, Jay Lethal selling his shoulder, and that played into the story they were telling. They were actually wrestling a match. There were little things in the match that drove me nuts, especially with the uh, amount of time spent outside and the referee joining him too often. But anyways, I digress. But um, they were trying to tell a story in the match, and that's what counts. They're telling a story. It made sense. And then we had the brouhaha afterwards. The brouhaha. That's what I'm here for. Brouhaha's. Uh, Issa, after the match, of course, Jarrah attacks Orange Cassidy, uses the guitar to do more damage to um, to Orange Cassidy's leg. And then later, I'm just going to add this part in because it comes together. Tony Khan says that Jeff Jarrett versus Orange Cassidy is happening in Winnipeg, and the title will now be known as the International Championship. So I want to get your thoughts on one Orange Cassidy versus Jeff Jarrett and them changing the name to the international championship. Uh, first of all, I just want to point out that this is like the fourth week in a row that we open with Orange Cassidy and I'm not going to take away from the match. I thought they had, they put on a solid match, but it automatically makes you not care if you're going to open the show the same way every single week. So and he'll probably open that way next week too. After what you just said, so I just I I can't become invested in the show. Literally having the same opening over and over and over again. Uh, I did think they put on a great match. Uh, the announcement. I don't think that this title has mattered for a long time. It's been carried around in a backpack. You know, I like Orange Cassidy. When he gets in the ring, I change my mind a little bit about him because I don't like the gimmick, but I I tend to appreciate his matches. But Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like I don't I don't think anybody asked for that match. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I, I, I Hold on. Sorry to yeah. cut you off there, yeah. Jack. But yes, I get that nobody's maybe asking for that match, but it is getting heat. And Jarrett gets real, the genuine heat, which, yeah. it, you know, you don't see the, the cool heel stuff anymore. Jarrett just wants people to hate him, and they do. Yeah, but I, putting, if, if, I feel like with Jared being in the match, he kind of makes it predictable that Orange Cassidy is going to win. Then it makes you feel like this title is not going to change any other than the name. I already kind of didn't know the name of it to begin with. Hmm. So I don't know. You could have put him against a more international star and at least make it not as predictable just for the big events, just for the big changing of it. Maybe to Jared later. I don't know. But to me, it just feels like, okay, we changed the name, but Orange Cassidy is winning next Wednesday and it's going to continue to be carried around in a backpack just with a different name. 
I I'm kind of torn on the name change because I think international championship sounds better than all Atlantic championship. Cause it just logistically didn't make sense. I don't know why it was the Atlantic championship to begin with, mm-hmm. but international championship isn't my favorite name for a championship either. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a step up. I don't know. It doesn't make me excited about the name though. Um, right. If that, if that makes sense, like, yeah, it's it's, okay. it's 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 I guess trying to uh, a little bit take off of the intercontinental name, but mm-hmm. yeah, because you can't use the same name. How do we get international? Well, so far it's only here and yeah, it's only there in Canada, right? U.S. and yeah. Canada so far. So. Well, uh, Pac did it, I think, a, a little bit at the end of the pandemic when he was in Europe. Yeah, uh, but that mm-hmm. was him, not the company itself. So. Right, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I'm, just, yeah. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. No, I hear you. I hear you. Stuff here, uh, but I'm here, to uh, I'm here. I'm here to keep people, keep you guys in line. <laughs> uh, I do think, uh, you know, when I look at this title, I know there's too many titles. Uh, we we talk about that all the time. I always feel like this title. They have all these guys that they love to just throw matches that like do high flying stuff and don't have a little story. This should be like their X division title, I think, where we just go, cool. This is where. You have Takeshita and you have uh, uh, Action Andretti and all these guys that do these cool flips and moves and things, but we don't really have stories for them. Have them just fight. Almost like the cruiserweight title. How are we talking about AEW and flips and cool things? The name you think about is Action Andretti. Not taken away from him, but there's a lot of other names you could have came up with. (laughs) Oh, yeah. but Sorry, Jack. Sorry. Sammy Guevara could be the boss of the division. He could be their lead, the the tough guy on the top. I don't know. I'm looking out for action. That's what I'm doing. Uh, but uh, needless to say, we got a super chat from the Lucha Huff. Brothers are offended at, at what you said. But well, my argument, <laughs> I would rather see them in the tag division or it. I, for whatever it's worth, Pentagon should be the world champion. I'm a, I am a massive Pentagon guy, so. Uh, but yeah, Huff- but you said action and trading before his name. Anyways, let's read this super uh, chat. Huffman Elite <laughs> Trading says Orange Cassidy is the worst Tony Khan project of all time. Blatant disregard for common sense booking, a niche character, and not a pillar of AEW. Uh, Speaking of pillars, where's Darby? Because he used to have a similar obsession with Darby, and Darby just seems to have mm. disappeared. Is he okay? Is he injured? Like, not, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but uh, it, it seems like, again, another one of those up things where out of sight, out of mind. Right. You know, just. Right. Yeah. And you as far as Orange that. Cassidy, I think I think you're right in the sense that he's the, the super chat is right. He's a niche right. uh, character, but at the same time, for some reason, he's over with this audience. I just mm-hmm. don't see him being over with a broader audience. I feel like he's one of those guys that would be fantastic if. Like he should be very rarely used in the ring. It should be like a, you see him every now and again, and it's like a special treat. But with him defending every week, his things, his whole thing starts to get a little like, oh, I've, I get it. But when you, if you only saw him once every six months, you'd be like, oh, here's him doing his his thing. How's it going to work this time? But now mm-hmm. I've seen it right. so much, it's lost some of its. I would also me. add, especially when you place him in the exact same position in the show for four weeks in a row. <clears throat> yeah, my notes on him is I think that he really is. He needs a. If you're not going to change him or do anything, he needs some kind of story at this point, more right. than just right. I don't care. Like he needs to have something where 
there's a, a story that he's going through. Which, yeah. yeah. Well, didn't he know? say it was it last week or somewhere? He said that, you know, hey, he, he got added into that tag match and he said, well, I don't care. So if you don't care, why should I care? Exactly. Yeah. Last week. Right. Yeah, I think he needs something that makes him break out of his shell at this point because uh, he's been this character for three years now and characters need to evolve. You know, even mm -hmm. Roman Reigns over the course of the bloodline has sort of changed a little bit over time and, and adapted yeah. and, and yeah. there's been a character arc to him. Mm -hmm. So at this point we need, or uh, I think, you know, for what, I, you know, he's doing okay. So maybe he doesn't need to listen to a guy with a podcast, but he, <laughs> I think he should move on to like have some like, develop a little bit to the next stage um, something that happened here after this someone who i think is developing a bit ricky starks uh yes. he comes out and look he comes out with a great shirt and a pearl necklace who's gonna question anything this guy says he, beautiful uh, he, fit beautiful fit i mean every time ricky Starks, that the he comes out says he doesn't know what's next bullet club logo flashes and then juice robinson shows up and attacks him from behind Jimmy, I know you're not a fan of everybody getting attacked from behind, mm -hmm. but what I like about this, the thing that made that piqued my interest about this is Bullet Club on the screen, Juice mm -hmm. Robinson, Forbidden Door right around the corner. I got a feeling that Juice Robinson is just the beginning of something maybe bigger for Forbidden Door. No, you could be absolutely right. But again, here's a situation where Right before this segment, at the end of the match, we had somebody sneak in from behind a double J, Jeff Jarrett, to attack the babyface. And what do we get here that. in the next segment, the very next segment, is someone sneak in from behind. We see the Bullet, the Bullet Club logo on the screen, so everybody's attention is that way, and he pops in from behind again and attacks. So it, it, it loses some of its gravitas. You know, great. It's yeah. a nice surprise to see Juice Robinson, the Bullet Club logo, like you said, Forbidden Doors around the corner. So it's got people thinking now, but at the same time, it would have had more effect if there wasn't that sneak attack, in my opinion, prior, <laughs> in the segment right before. Yes, and uh, and Issa, I want your thoughts on it, but I just want to let uh, Corey Pride know, I see your super chats, but because they're about Hobbs and Wardlow, I'm going to wait till we get to... Yes. Uh, the main event there. So I did not forget about you. I got a little star next to him. I will get to those. Didn't forget him. I'm just waiting until we get to that part of the show. But uh, Issa, I 100% get what Jimmy's saying here. I kind of feel like AEW realized they didn't have a lot of stories going on right now, though. And it feels a bit like today they said, we just need to jumpstart some stuff and sneak attack. Uh, yeah, on, on, some, on some things they decided that on other things they decided let's keep doing what we've been doing for five months we'll get into that later but yeah. um, I'm a big fan of Ricky Starks I love what he's been doing I'm a little biased because he looks exactly like my nephew so maybe that's why I love him but mm -hmm. I, I will say uh, I love a fresh new field with somebody that we don't see all the time for Ricky Starks. It keeps him relevant. It keeps it interesting. I love this chat that you highlighted earlier because I did see the Bullet Club. And for a second, I was like, oh, is it Jay White? Like, we're all in that Jay White yes. watch right now. So, of course, we were all like, who is it going to be? But I'm not mad that it was Juice Robinson. I didn't think about the sneak attack earlier. So I've always love hearing Jimmy's takes because he makes he always makes me look at things completely different because I forgot we did a back-to-back -back sneak attack. But I'm happy to see Ricky Starks being featured on a different angle. And I was wondering, I'm like, okay, he's a 
great baby face. What heel are you going to put him against? I think this is the right direction to go with Ricky Starks. I actually have no complaints about this. I liked it a lot. And somebody but, said, I'm just glad it wasn't Jericho. Exactly. I was like, you got to move on from that story like ASAP. <laughs> I, I was legitimately worried, actually, that it was going to continue it. Um, but that's where I think, uh, because right now, I think that this is one of those rivalries that Ricky Starks will get the win and it'll be fun. It'll be Bullet Club. I got a feeling that what I don't know if Jay White's coming, but I think that someone else is coming or something's coming. That will then lead to Forbidden Door because we got Double mm-hmm. or Nothing next. I think that'll be the Juice Robinson story, and then at Forbidden or at Double or Nothing is when I think the next shoe drops, and then we get Ricky Starks versus the Bullet Club, and that to me prints money. Long-term storytelling is what sells tickets and draws attention. You get people invested that way, or they'll have the match next week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> At this point, I feel like you you should be able to hold these stories until double or nothing. Like mm-hmm. with the the, the pay per view drought that we get between Full Gear and Revolution, I can see why we see some of the stories on TV because that's the longest drought. There's months. Like Full Gear was in November. This was March, right? But now double or nothing is in May. We're talking two and a half months. I feel like here you should be able to hang on until the pay per view. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. <laughs> But what I like about Juice Robinson, too, is he's a very entertaining person. And so mm-hmm. I think they'll have good promos. They'll have a good match. I don't think that it's I don't think it'll be feud of the year, but I think it'll be a really fun way to, again, give Ricky Starks a win without having to beat someone that we don't want to lose yet. Because we don't want MJF to lose yet. We don't want Wardlow to use lose yet. Uh, yeah, okay, as, of well. this, as of when this promo happened, we don't want Wardlow to use to lose yet. You know, there's certain people you don't want to lose yet. And so this is someone he can beat, look good, and continue to build. I've always said, I think I would love to see Ricky Starks be ready in like September to start taking the world title. Um, and if he, he keeps getting these wins, he'll get there. We'll have to see, though. Um, the story that I think has really, I've really turned on as far as I was like, what is going on here to really being all about it is this Ruby Soho thing. Yes. Uh, they looked incredible as a unit out there. And uh, Ruby comes out, she cuts a promo, and I can't believe this. Uh, this is, she gave us the most cliche premise of a heel turn promo, but I thought it was absolutely great because she actually backed it up with stuff saying, You guys turned, you guys did this. But then she was like, Yeah, you booed me against Statlander, you booed me against uh, uh, DMD. You booed me here. Like, hey, you booed Tony Storm. You, and it was like, yeah, we did boo her, didn't we? We, mm-hmm. we, we were the. Am I the bad guy? Here? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but then she calls out Sky Blue, who they have a fairly competitive matchup, all things considered. Uh, then we get a Jimmy mm-hmm. post match attack. Uh, Willow comes <laughs> out and. Uh, Willow comes out to try to talk some sense into Ruby, but she gets a green L for her troubles. Uh, Issa, talk to me about this group and the how it's helping the women's division. And this is what I want everyone in the chat to do while Issa's talking. Tell us what you think this group should be named. 
Oof. Um, first of all, I, I was critical of them opening with Orange Cassidy for four weeks. I will also add that for five weeks, I think they're putting the women in a different spot after we saw them on that before the main event spot for like two years. So I'm very happy that they're making it a point to put the women's segment on different parts of the show now. I love this. When she first grabbed the mic and she went into the you people, before she started the explanation, I was like, God, please no. Not a you people promo. I do not want to see this. And then she actually made the you people work because like you said, Jack, I was right there. I was like, we did do that. <laughs> this you people is like actual real one. I love the way that she tied it together and made it make sense. A lot of people in my chat earlier were like, it doesn't make sense that she would join them. It just took one promo. It was it was beautiful. We really did do that to Ruby. And it just, I think now it makes all the sense. And honestly, it brought a happy tear to my eye. An actual compelling story for the women. We don't do that around here. So I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I always say the, the key to a great division is you've got to have people who are not involved in the title picture. And so in mm -hmm. this, you, I, of course, you've got Jamie Hayter and let's say Ruby Soho, if they're the world title thing, you still got Tony Storm, you got Britt Baker, you got Soraya, you got Willow now, Sky Blue's kind of pulled into it. There's so many people in this mm -hmm. that you're really starting to bolster this division when it's all said and done. Jimmy, um, I think this is actually, I think, has become a big success. And if you asked me a month or so ago, I'd have said, what are they doing here? But now okay. they got me. I will say this hasn't become a big success, but it's heading in that direction. And I like the story being told here of the homegrown talent versus the outsiders, for lack of a better term. I know there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's got to be a better name for them than outsiders, but uh, um, I can't think of one right now. But I like yeah. the story being told. And a lot of what Ruby said and a lot of stuff that gets some great heel heat is using truth and fact to tell your story and and get people annoyed by it and that's what she did she told mm -hmm. basically the truth and she was getting booed for it and she it did reiterate the fact that she came from somewhere else without mm -hmm. without naming it thank you for not naming it because you know you don't have to uh, right but i like the idea of the the talent coming in from elsewhere who they're in technically competition with if you want to put it that way and versus the homegrown talent and it's growing that division like you said it is a deep women's division that needs time and a story to help it grow in front of the tv audience and that's what they did here as opposed to you know putting that women's match on right before the main event like they always do right they put it on or earlier this time yeah <laughs> um but yeah it was a i and also, and I think it's so, this is something I think is important. I'd like to know both your opinion. I, I think we'll agree, but they look like a team. Like when they were out there on the stage, it didn't feel like a bunch of people who don't actually get along. Throw together. together. Right. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah. this looks like a team that would hang out together. I could envision mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. hanging out, spray painting people on the street. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Randomly. Why not? Why not? Uh, Jack, when I come to LA for WrestleMania, do you want to go around spray painting people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Just start spray painting L's on people. <laughs> oh boy. I may not be in LA then. <laughs> You're getting a green L, Jimmy. Are you coming to LA, Jimmy? 
unfortunately, it doesn't look that way. Oh, oh. come on. I would have I loved that. <laughs> oh, that Jimmy, is that amazing. an Eddie Guerrero personalized autograph photo behind you? Yes, it is. He, he signed that to me, and uh, I don't have very many uh, personally autographed eight by tens, but Eddie signed that one. We had a, a really good relationship, Eddie and I, you know, uh, long story short, I was a little bit helpful in bringing over the, the foursome from uh, WCW to, to WWE. Wow. Yeah, back in the day. Well, I got a call from a, a mutual friend asking me if I had any of- idea, uh, uh, Jeff Merrick, who used to do, uh, used <laughs> to do, uh, yeah, his name is Jeff Merrick and he okay, used to do, yeah. Uh, a, a show uh, yeah. up, up yeah, here yeah. from Canada and he just contacted me and he was friends with guys like Chris and, and Eddie and he, and he said, do you think there'd be any interest in WWE and these four guys? And I said, are you kidding? Hold on. Let me make a phone call. So I called Michael Hayes. Okay. And I said, Michael, I just got contacted by a friend of mine who said, uh, is there any, do you think the WWE would be interested in, in these four gentlemen, you know, Perry Saturn, Dean, Eddie and Chris and, he said, are you kidding me? <laughs> Tell your friend to call me. You know, so, you know what I mean? So I, I got the ball rolling. Let's put it that way. Ah, that's incredible. That's, that's a scoop. Mm-hmm. Lee's got a scoop, baby. Yeah. And and just to, to, to read to you exactly what the, the wording I was. I was going to ask, but I didn't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. I'm so happy you're reading no, it. No, because uh, it says, Jimmy, thank you for your friendship and great ideas. Your friend, Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie was so nice that he, hey, Jimmy, what do you think? When he used to do the lie, cheat, and steal stuff? Yeah. You know, there are a couple of little things there that I may have suggested that got used on TV and stuff. That is incredible. That is a great story. He was also, Eva, Eddie, Eddie, yeah. Yeah. He, Eddie was very one of the guys who was instrumental in allowing me to be um, someone who offered ideas because at times I would just sit there and go, Something would come in my head and I wouldn't say anything. And Eddie would be the guy who goes, okay, I see that. I see, I see, I see it. You're smoking. Come on. What's going on? What do you think? Yeah. You know, and he listened. He always That's asked. Awesome. You know? I love that. That was, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> yeah. What, that is a fantastic story. So, what, so wrestling ink writers, when you watch this and print that little news blurb, I want all three of us to get credit. Jimmy particularly should get credit for telling the story. <laughs> But Jack and Issa me, me be... for asking about the picture, and then yes. and then Jack for really digging, like who your friend named what? Like this was a teamwork. This was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a scoop. And if uh, I duck my head down, you can see the WrestleMania one there oh, with Eddie. That so. moment was also yeah. incredible. Yeah, I so love cool. that. And there's so also cool. one. This one over here is mm-hmm. us when we went to Iraq for tribute to the troops. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a great wall you have. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got all that flexing. He's me. got all that flexing stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mom the other day was like, "You need to start printing like pictures of you interviewing the wrestlers," and I'm like, "I probably should, huh?" Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of cool to have, but not to that yeah. level, Jimmy. You're on a different level. <laughs> oh, thank you. I absolutely got to get better at that. I'm so terrible <laughs> at getting pictures, but um, great story. We're going to move on to a, a bit of a, a sad story, and that is MJF. He says that he's the most complete wrestler in the world, and on March 15th, he's going to have his <laughs> rebar mitzvah. Oh, my goodness. Tremendous. Which, 
tremendous is the best word for it, Jimmy. I love yeah. this. No, he's just, he's he, he's just awesome, and and right now the title is on the right guy. Yeah, and and he, he he's also one of those guys where you are so entertained by him, but at the same time he can generate that heel heat from the crowd. The live mm -hmm. crowd can boo him, as opposed to going, you know what, this guy's so entertaining, I got to cheer. That's the only issue I have with with Chris Jericho right now is that they love cheering his, you know, singing along to his entrance music. And other than that, he's great at getting him back into booing him, but for that entrance, maybe Chris should cut it off. I mean, I'm, I'm ranting right now. We're talking about MJF, but MJF is like, yeah, he's he's on so good. Right it's so the, good. the Jericho music's one of my favorite things in the world with in pro wrestling because I just love the the hypocrisy of the crowd being like Judas in my mind, boo! <laughs> like they sing the song and then they yeah. boo him. It's just this, this, the most hypocritical thing, but it's like peak pro wrestling to me. Like, yay! Boo. <laughs> but I get I get what you're saying. You're right. It's just a funny like when yeah. you step outside of it, you're like, this is silly. It's we're so weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. But 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 MJF's the same way. His music hits you. Like, Yay! And he's like, you're all poor. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> MJF is really starting to like just step into his character as world champion i think he's known who he is we know what kind of character he is but seeing him especially after the iron man match i know we talked about it on sunday but i am still mind blown at the fact that when it ended at 60 minutes we were all screaming at our tvs for more right mm -hmm. like 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 the booking of that match was so perfect that it went into overtime and we're like over here it can't end like this you gotta keep going after we just watched them go for mm -hmm. an hour mm -hmm. and i really do think that that felt to me as njf coming out as world champion moment mjf has had some incredible fields some incredible moments but as world champ that was it and that's gonna be the moment that I remember. We'll see where he goes from here. Um, I can't wait to see this apartment. So it's gonna. Oh man, I'm excited. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. To it's watch. gonna be over the top. <laughs> it's gonna be over the top. It's gonna be fun. Where they're gonna have? I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do. It's gonna be great. But Jimmy, to your point about MJF, there's he has a new confidence. I think, and I know he's always been confident, but I think yeah. you can tell. He's definitely on a roll, and I think he definitely is very sure of who he is now. And mm -hmm. I compare him a lot, and I'm not saying they're the same thing at all. So before everyone jumps on me, just hold your horses. It's a little bit like Roman Reigns, how he was the guy for a long time, but then something happened, and you could tell he found a confidence, and he yeah. became a completely different animal after that. And I think that MJF is kind of in, in that process now of realizing – like he's always been there, but he's realizing what his capabilities really are. Like not just saying it, but you mm -hmm. can tell he feels it and he has that confidence now. And he's just starting to hit a different gear than he's ever been at before. Yeah, no, I, he's feeling it and he's believing it. You yeah. know what I mean? When you believe the character that you're portraying and it feels authentic, it feels genuine. When you look at MJF, you know, you, you, like I said, you said you're entertained by this guy because you're back here. But if you were face to face with this guy and he acted like that, you just want to slap him. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? But he embraces that and he feels that. And he, like I said, it feels genuine as opposed to, hey, I'm portraying heel wrestler. I yeah. love that you just brought that up, Jimmy, because you say he found that he believes in it. And that's how I felt happened when Roman Reigns, as you said, 
uh, Jack, when he came back as the head of the table, the cocky heel, he changed everything. And I, I've been a Roman Reigns fan since day one, big dog mm -hmm. or head of the table or tribal chief. But I always had that issue when I would see him wrestle as the big dog, where I was like, he's no underdog. Like, look at what this guy looks like. He's no underdog baby face that you want to root for to win. He's going to beat all of them. So I'm glad that they finally let him get to that because that's where he found that confidence. You know the return of booking, like, Roman freaking reigns as an underdog. Come yeah. on. <laughs> like, it made no sense. I, I always, it always makes me think of like, uh, whenever they act like he's the underdog, I always think of like when Super Bowl teams before the game, they're like, nobody believed in us. And like, yeah, yeah and he's like, the Super Bowl. What do you mean no one believed in you? We all thought you were, yeah. Gonna when they when they screwed up with the royal rumble in 2015 and they were like oh the underdog and i'm like he broke the records for eliminations the year before how is he the underdog coming into this royal rumble it makes no sense but i really do feel when he came back after that leave because of the pandemic it was a whole different thing and it feels like they're and, and you saw it if you saw that special what was it called heels on peacock where uh, he evil. where even evil where even oh yeah you were a part of it yeah i was i was when even, it, yeah yeah when even <laughs> the usos were like no he's not playing a character that's who he is and you, you believe it i believe what roman reigns is doing out there right now is a little bit of him and and i love it mm -hmm. Let's yeah, get back uh, to AEW because I can talk about Roman all day and then the right. comments are going to be like, he's as obsessed with Roman and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> it's things that you do all the time, Issa. We did get a super chat from You Know It saying, can you hold my super chat till Issa thanks the viewers for the hundredth time? <laughs> listen, listen, I don't know if you guys caught this on Twitter tonight, but Tony Khan seemed very grateful tonight. and He tweeted, thank you about 15 times <coughs> so i decided to be grateful to my viewers and i thank them about 15 times <laughs> so the, it's an inside joke for my story. so that means you've got 85 more to go before i can take the super chat down anybody watching no. right now and all of you guys watching us live we thank you we appreciate you all please leave a thumbs up yes yes Yes. Uh, so, yeah, good stuff from MJF. Uh, but we get another good promo after this one, and that's FTR. And the crowd is so loud, you can't hear Tony on the microphone. Uh, mm. Cash talks about how they've lost everything over the past few months, and not just the championships, but personal as well. Uh, but now they're ready to get back on track by beating the guns for the titles. Jimmy, this is one of those things where a part of me wants to be like, well, you guys keep losing. Why would you get a title shot? But I think the way they presented this promo and the fact that the crowd was so loud that you couldn't hear them twice. Mm -hmm. I'm on board for this. Uh, what mm -hmm. say you? No, I am too. And, and again, when they were talking about the situation and how they were treated by their father and the whole bit like that, again, felt genuine, felt real. And when that happens, when you give, you don't have to, you know, pull the curtain back. Just a little peek, mm -hmm. just a little peek, little little niblets of of truth, of reality. That's all you need, and they took advantage of. And as you can tell, they're hugely over with that audience, and this rivalry can work because of that. Yeah, um, Issa, do you feel like this promo, this segment, would have been better if someone had attacked them from behind? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jack. No, I thought this promo was perfect. In addition to what Jimmy said about it feeling relatable and true, they also managed to make the guns interesting in a way that I completely forgot. I completely forgot that the guns were involved in that last match that they had with the Briscoes. I mm -hmm. love the way that they tied it all in together because I haven't cared for the 
for the, I call them the Kulo boys. I don't know what you guys call them. I call them the Kulo boys. I haven't cared for them as tag team champs. So I love that they brought that in and they brought that realistic in. And we all know how much that trilogy of matches meant to FDR, even before the tragic loss of Jay Briscoe. So I just, that the reality of adding that in actually made me want to see FDR kick the guns butt and it was great because I haven't cared about anything the guns have been doing. So I feel mm -hmm. bad for the acclaim. It feels like we're getting a little bit de demoted here and I feel like the acclaim was so over. Maybe they feel like they don't need a title. I'm not sure but FDR made me care about a feud that otherwise mm -hmm. I would have been like yeah, FDR is going to win and there's that and now I'm actually invested. Yeah, I, Jimmy, they say that pro wrestling is about moments and I'll be honest, I, I wasn't happy with the guns taking the tiles from the acclaimed wasn't happy that the acclaimed lost. I thought they were so hot, but when FTR beats the guns and I assume they will, that's going to be a moment. Is it not? I think that crowd's going to go nuts. No, they will go absolutely ape crap. Yeah. I'm trying to be politically correct <laughs> yes. here, but that's the same. because they are that over with that audience. And not only they have all the tools, they're good in the ring. They do tag team wrestling the way tag team wrestling is supposed to be done. They can mm -hmm. do it as heels. They can do it as baby faces and they can talk. Mm -hmm. They have all the tools. Yeah. The, I love that was one of my favorite segments. There was another segment that was my absolute favorite, but we'll get into that in just a second. Mm -hmm. um, well, I guess I can't say I, Ricky Starks is cool, but not, that's not what I meant by absolute. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jade Cargill says no one in the U S is a challenge for her. So it's an open challenge to anyone in Canada. Uh, you're on the hot seat, Issa. Who's going to answer the challenge in Canada? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be Renee. It's not going to be Trish. We know that now. So I have mm -hmm. no idea. I mean, uh, why are you putting me, put the Canadian in the hot seat for this one? Oh, I no. feel like I feel like Jimmy is brokering the deal to make it happen. That's not fair. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, again, if you're looking for the hottest, you know, you think about it. You, you brought up Renee, but I can't see Renee getting in the ring. That's all. No, you know, she's, right, that's, right. that's not her. That's not her gig. Let's put it that way. And and I'm friends with Renee and, you know, don't do it, Renee. Just, and I, and like you, like you, I was trying to think, I'm thinking like who from Canada would be a perfect, and I'm trying to think, and I'm trying to think, and I can't see anybody. Obviously Trish is the biggest match. Canadian, Canadian biggest match. Canadian name, but. Obviously, yeah. she's yeah. tied in elsewhere. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Chat saying Taya Valkyrie. I don't know what her contract looks like. Um, hmm. uh, the bunny hmm. is being listed, but I think she's from Buffalo. Mm, yeah, she's no. Killer. Well, she's living in Buffalo now. Oh, because uh, because of her husband. But oh. if I'm not mistaken, I believe she is uh, originally from Canada. Oh, so that could be huh, interesting. Good to know. That could be interesting. We'll see. We'll have to see because I don't really know who. Because yeah, even with uh, Taya, she would be fantastic. But yeah, I, yeah I don't know. I don't know about her um, availability. Right. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, we get on to what my oh Gail is Gail Kim Canadian? Uh, yes, she yeah. is actually. Yes, oh, she I was is. gonna say, Jimmy, yeah. you know every single Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not everything. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Gail Kim will be a good one. Uh, yeah, Gail Kim. Mickey James yeah. is Mickey James Canadian. No, I don't, no. Know. I don't believe no. Mickey. Is. Are we actually no. saying Canadians? Or are we just throwing names out at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got people like Angelina Love and Rosemary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Rosemary. 
fun too. The problem yeah. is that whoever this is gonna come in to probably lose to Jade. So what name right. do you want to? You know. Right. Yeah. When you give me like a day of Valkyrie, I don't want to see her to come in to take an L on her first appearance in AEW. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless. I mean, if they signed her and she's staying, then mm -hmm. I could see her winning and that being her big kind of moment. But right. uh, but uh, mm -hmm. this is my favorite segment of the night right here. It is the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Top Flight and AR Fox. And when this started, I did not think I was going to end up saying this is my favorite segment of the night. The match was cool. I liked the fact that Top Flight and AR Fox feel like they're an actual trios team because they're always doing trios matches. Fun match, but the story, the thing I'm excited about is what happened oh, at yeah. the end of the match. And well, if you guys want to talk about the match, lots of lots of cool stuff. It's fun. But people jumped around. It was great. It was, yes. <laughs> the elite calls out the house of black. And I'm like, oh my not the elite. I'm I'm flustered. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a step back. The Jericho Appreciation Society calls out the house of black but the elite show up and i go nuts for, i go in nuts for the call out of house of black i go nuts double nuts for the double nuts i go double nuts for the uh elite coming out and then i triple for everything uh callus said i love that whole bit and then the house of black comes out i can't believe i'm saying this jimmy this title went from something that I was like, I don't want to see this title. Just get rid of it. To, this is now one of the coolest things going in AEW. I apologize to everyone who I said, get rid of this title. And Jimmy, I think you owe everyone an apology. Also, we all owe AEW <laughs> an apology. This is so cool. I can't wait to see this happen. What's going on, Jimmy? Not yet. <laughs> I'm not ready to apologize yet. Yes. I'm interested to see how this is going. And I do agree with you that they are building up that trios I don't want to call it a division, but at least there's some teams now that you can put together and put against other than just having two or three trios teams. I like that it's expanding, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens because when you have trios match in a three t three trios team, I don't even know how to, to say it right. A triple threat trios yeah. tag team match. It's a three squared. It, the, you know, we, we talk about right. uh, too much going on at once. This is the potential to have that happen. And, and uh, I, again, I'm going to make, I'm going to do wait and see because I'm, I'm a fan of all three of the, the teams involved, but at the same time, there is a potential for this being uh, uh, not living up to expectations. Let's put it that way. Isa, what are your thoughts of this? I this as this was happening, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. This is so cool. Were you super into this, or were you more? No, I was not super into this. For one second, they teased Chris Jericho against Kenny Omega in Winnipeg. Forget the trio's title. Give mm -hmm. me that match. That's all I was thinking about. I see where you're coming from. But as soon as they teased that, I was like, screw screw the trios titles. Give me that in Winnipeg. That's like, oh, my God, it would have been so good. With Don Callis, a special guest referee, because yes. he's from Winnipeg as well. Yes. Oh, my God, it would have been incredible. So I think, I think, I think we looked at this segment completely different, Jack, because, come on, they're going to Winnipeg. How do you not do it? They're, How do you not do it? <laughs> they're going to get there, I think. That'll happen. I think that'll happen. I think that in Winnipeg, Winnipeg. No, not in Winnipeg. It'll happen at double. That's what I'm or saying. Nothing. You had the perfect opportunity to give the listen. Maybe I'm just feeling giving, right? I found out WWE is coming to Puerto Rico today. So I want Winnipeg to get theirs too. 
But that's what I wanted when I saw this exchange. <laughs> hey, n note to everybody out there, I hate to do this, but uh, back in the day in Winnipeg, we used to go to a place called the Pony Corral. The what? Just, just the Pony Corral to eat. Oh, uh, to eat what? No, so you're saying, <laughs> well, it, uh, you're saying it, if it, people want to maybe run into somebody there, head over to the Pony Corral. Maybe, maybe. Uh, it, it, it was a nice little uh, Greek place, let's put it that way. Oh, it's a Greek it. place. I'm you know, Jimmy. It. Speaking speaking of this, I got this. One of my favorite bits about this, as a fa I have been a fan of Jericho uh, for my whole life. I was a fan of Don Callis my whole like for a long time. I even back in his ECW days, I loved him on commentary. I'm a fan of Kenny Omega. Don Callis with his bit about Jericho being the second greatest, but he's only the second best from Winnipeg. And when he said, "And if I had a couple months to train, you'd be the third best," I. I love that bit. Great a, line. How did you Great feel line. about how do you feel about the civil war within Canada right now between these people? <laughs> no, it's it's tearing fun. the country apart. Yeah, as a fellow Canadian, <laughs> it's a lot of fun to see. And it's just, you know, it's it's Don Callis is is wonderful on the mic. And he just, another guy who knows how to generate true heel heat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I I love that guy. Um between us, I kind of I want to see Kenny Omega as a good guy, though. I kind of wanted to break away from Don Callis and just be someone who's lovable, and Don Callis be God. the jerk for somebody else. You would, Jack. You yeah. would. Can we all just get along? Can we all just... <laughs> hey, hey, you're just <laughs> just like nice things. What's wrong with being a bad guy? Can't, can't be. Can't everyone just be friends and like? No. <laughs> you know, I, I will say this, and I, I, again, here's here's negative Nancy over here. Again, too much of the lights going off and on. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I get it for the House of Black, but to do it for the elite and kind of tease that little thing, that didn't need to happen. They could have just came right. out with their music and done that, and then have the lights go out and the House of Black there, and then the lights go out and then they're gone. You know. But anyways, Agreed. I digress. Agreed. I don't need to put extra ranch on my salad, but it still makes the salad taste better. I think I like the lights flickering off and on. No, but then again, you can't taste any of the yummies. All you're tasting is the ranch. But There's anyway. nothing yummy in a salad. I just want to... <laughs> wait. If there's bacon bits, you don't want you don't want the ranch salad to take, overtake I the bacon bits. You know would I mean? never put ranch on my salad. I don't. I never even tasted ranch in my life. Now that I think about it, forget the salad. Just get me the bacon bits. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. So, uh, bacon, ba no, you can do bacon, bacon, and croutons, and be like, I'm just having this salad. There <laughs> you like, go. <laughs> <laughs> I just got my my croutons and bacon bits. Salad. Yeah, that's it. That's all I need. <laughs> It's it's go. a salad and it's healthy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look at me not breaking the diet today. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've been working really hard on this diet. No cheat days. Uh, we get a promo uh, later, and this is Brian Danielson post uh, Revolution, and he talks about how he couldn't feel his arms, couldn't feel his legs, and MJF was right. He needs to go home. Uh, Issa. I believe that what Brian Danielson can do in the ring makes him one of the best. I think being able to get emotional promos like this is what makes him one of the greats. What do you say? 
Uh, 1000%, I agree. This promo was emotional. It captivated you. It made you worry about him because of the real life stories that we know and things that he's gone through. Brian said he, saying he couldn't feel parts of his body will automatically make me worry about mm -hmm. him because I want him to be okay. And I feel like he's been going at such a different level since he came to AEW. Like, he's been absolutely incredible. And he's made some people. He made MJF on Sunday. That match is not that good without Brian there. Mm -hmm. But it made me concerned. So I just hope he's okay. And if he needs some time off, nobody deserves it better than him. Like, this man is putting out classic, hour-long classics with Omega, with Hangman Page, with MJF. Like, they got to be, like, they, gotta, they got so lucky that Brian decided to come there. Mm -hmm. yeah. he's not Carmelo Hayes but he don't miss uh, yeah. Brian Danielson uh, uh, Jimmy I want to know your thoughts on the promo but also how did you feel about MJF and Brian Danielson with these post-match promos from Revolution being factored in and like how they shot these I personally really liked it with the blood on their face still and it felt very visceral and stuff how did you mm -hmm. like that as far as the pacing of the show and, and mixing things up I, I did like them. And, and one of the things uh, that I've been critical of, of AEW is their, their, their production values and, and some of the video packages that they show that they could be better. These were in tight. These were gravity. They, they just, I don't know. They just brought me in. They got me more in, invested in MJF as, as that heel champion. And, and like we talked about earlier, he has found his niche. He, he is taken to this role and watching Daniel Bryan and getting, getting emotional mm -hmm. during this thing. Again, you're talking about realism here and him talking about family drew me in as well. I thought these were awesome. They were great. They told, they help put an end to this story, put an exclamation mark on what was a really, really great hour long match we got on Sunday and a rivalry here. And again, put that exclamation mark at the end of it. It was, it was a perfect way to, 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 to close the book on this chapter, at least. And like you said, Isa, I'm hoping that he's okay. That's all. And yeah. he just needs a little break and that's fine. Mm -hmm. As long as he's okay. What I, I also love what this promo, because so often they don't let us see the sting of defeat in wrestlers. It's like, mm. we'll talk about, uh, John Moxie in a second, but like, yeah, he's just back at it. Yeah. Yeah. And after that level of match, I think doing their promos right after their match where you can see the, the, the aftermath of it and you can see an MJF who looks beat up. He's definitely tired, but he's still basking in that moment. Mm -hmm. And you see a, a defeated Brian look even more defeated. This, this was very well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved it. And, Hopefully, yeah. I, I think it'll be probably good for Brian to be off TV for a little bit. Uh, I, call I don't him think we we're on a first name basis, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so Brian will be off TV for a little bit because then when he come back, he can come back, and right. we'll have a lot of his losses. The stink of some of his losses maybe will disappear, and he'll be able to yeah. come back and feel like a tough. I don't think we talked about it, but it's funny that you brought that up because Renee had a backstage segment with Hangman, mm -hmm. and and we get into Moxley, and it's so funny because. Hangman look like he's been through hell and he's the one who won the match and the Mox is mm -hmm. just out there wrestling again. Like I'm like, that was a little ass backwards there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's actually where we're gonna go next. Yeah, he had the, the promo, he has the black eye, and he's like, mm -hmm. We're done. But he said, let's talk about this. We get to the next match, it's Dark Order versus uh BCC. I mm -hmm. kind of felt like 
can't we just move on from this? I thought we were done. But then I thought no, maybe they're just trying to wrap not. this up because there's a little bit of a rivalry hangover, kind of like wrap it up and move on. But it looks like we're getting, and I don't like to use these kind of words often, some heel BCC. Isa, this seems like something that you're going to be super happy about. Do you like a villainous BCC? I will never be able to buy a heel Wheeler Yuta. I can't. I can't even buy a Wheeler Yuta right now. Let a healer Yuta? Yeah, no, no way. Uh, I'm over this. I'm over this. I have nothing to say. I'm over this. Have Hangman come out afterwards? It was just no. That that lasted four months on TV. I don't need to see it anymore. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm a little over it. But um, if this is something to allow them to turn, I think it'll be a good story beat. Uh, but Jimmy what do you say i i feel like if hangman stayed out of it mm-hmm. i feel like i'd be less invo- less upset but i feel like i'm definitely over hangman moxley at this point what about you no i think it's run its course i think uh again they had a conclusion to their rivalry in a texas death match what goes on you know what surpasses a texas death match what what what, what you know anyway it but, loops uh, back around, and you have an amateur wrestling match. Ah, uh, but it was uh, Jimmy. This dead, ma- this Texas dead match was in California. Uh-huh. Ah, ah. So yeah. you have to have it in Texas, actually. I believe so. Okay, uh, but when no. it's in Texas, you call it a, uh, a Wyoming death match, or, or, or go to Winnipeg and have a, a Canadian death match, or something like yeah. that. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I, I was hoping they'd move on from that, and for some reason, it's just, I just feel like the. Um, uh, you know, evil Uno, and that hasn't really, you know, connected with that audience yet. As they don't see, I, 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 I like it, but at the same time, I don't feel that the audience f- sees him as a, a credible threat. Right. You know That's, what I mean? No, I, I agree. I think that the crowd, I think the AW Dark fans are like they're lovable heroes to them, but mm. to the the audience that watches just dynamite. You just don't see them. Like they're not on very regularly. They don't win ever. And they're in a rivalry with a group of guys that contains Moxley. Who's probably the most dominant AEW wrestler ever. And Claudio who never loses mm-hmm. and Wheeler Yuta, who is their friend. But Hey, uh, Moxley didn't bleed tonight. That's the first in a long time, which shows just how undangerous I think the situation mm-hmm. is. Right. Uh, so that's to me it's it, it, I try to use comparables I would say if, if Mox is the most dominant person in AEW Brock Lesnar historically has been like the most dominant person in WWE if Brock Lesnar was having a rivalry with like he's having a Mustafa rivalry with Ali, Omas he's having say, a rivalry with Omas please use a different yeah. <laughs> okay, if please, please Reigns, use a different example <laughs> if, if Roman Reigns is in a rivalry with Mustafa Ali no one buys it you know what I mean? Like, okay, like we're whatever. Okay. Right. Um, so I, I, and I like Ali too. I, I like Uno I, in his, like when they're doing certain things, but he's, he's never on TV. I don't mm-hmm. anyways, mm-hmm. hopefully it pays off. I hopefully this does something. We'll see. Uh, a small thing that happened on this one was uh, the acclaimed. I think they messed up because they said they had a match tonight. And then yeah. <laughs> it was like a, like only 15 minutes left in the show. I was like, tonight? Wow, that's quick. But then JAS shows up and they say that the acclaimed are sports entertainers at heart and the acclaimed laugh it off. Uh, Jimmy, I think 
that will be a fun little rivalry to get Acclaim back on track. I think it's almost the opposite where I can tell the Acclaimed are going to win this one, but I like it because it gets them going again. No, again, it gets them back on track, but at the same time, you know, what does it do for the, uh, the members of JAS? You know, the, again, uh, they're, they're fodder mm-hmm. for the Acclaimed. Are, you know, and Acclaimed is, some, is a team right now that is so over, they could probably, they could hopefully elevate them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's going to be too, tough to elevate uh, the, the other two without them winning. Cool hands. They were elevated. They will still need to yeah. decelerate them to elevate yes. them again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you know what yeah. I mean, Jimmy, but it makes no sense. Right. I think I get it in the perspective of if you were going to have FTR back, you don't want FTR to try to beat the acclaim because they'll get booed and that's never the goal. Mm-hmm. I can see the FTR getting the titles of the guns makes perfect sense, but I just I feel bad for the acclaim here. There right. is not the situation that I want to see them in. I'm just glad they're still over. The crowd still loves them, but this is how you start losing momentum. I think that this is going to be a rivalry where uh, Magic Daddy and Cool Hand are just punching bags. And I think mm-hmm. that they're, they're there just so that because they're going to be great victims of the rap, you know, the raps each week. And they're going to sell the raps very well. I can see them reacting in the yeah. ring like, mm-hmm. what? Ah, you can't say that. And then them making them look stupid. I think it'll it'll be fun and silly. I don't think this is going to be a very serious rivalry and maybe burn some time for them and give us some fun segments. I definitely don't think this is going to be a rivalry that, that they should hang on to until right. double or nothing. But right. I think it will give us a couple of weeks of, I'm sure they have like one of those weekly, like beach break shows coming up or something. Right. They'll blow it off on, uh, but we get to the end of the show mm-hmm. and this is where, uh, some stuff happened. <laughs> um, I should say backstage Hobbs kind of alludes the fact that he would never get robbed like Wardlow was. Uh, and Wardlow says he wants so to so mean <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. I would not rob Hobbs either. Uh, but I would not rob Wardlow. I don't, I, I think this person got very lucky. They didn't get caught. They probably didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. I would not rob either of them. Imagine, imagine you smash the, the glass on this car and you start like grabbing, you're the robber, right? And then you see the TNT title and you go, Oh crap. <laughs> oh crap. I need to get out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you realize who you're robbing. <laughs> I would try to tape the window back together. So. <laughs> Leave a sorry note, a Starbucks <laughs> gift card. Like, I would do everything in my power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead would, of robbing, I'll leave my money in there, too. <laughs> I would say, I'm so sorry I did this. Signed, Jimmy Corderas. And then I would... Oh! <laughs> brother. brother. Uh, so, also, Ward, so Wardlow says he wore a shirt from one of his pals, the FTR shirt. I thought it would have been fun if it was a really small shirt because he's so big and they don't they don't bring big shirts. He kind of wore small gear on Sunday, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he did. I don't know. I, I don't know where to go with that. Nothing. Nothing more to be said at this time. Thank you very much. Uh, so, parking lot or the fight starts at the parking lot. They brawl all over. QT Marshall shows up. And helps Hobbs get the win, and we have a new TNT champion. Before we get into all of this, we had a chat, and it's not even a super chat, but Jimmy, you are a referee, and I think that you need to answer this. Yes. Monopoly Man asks, doesn't Falls Count Anywhere not have any countouts? No, that, but it wasn't a countout. Is, if he's referring to the finish? Yes. Yes. It, no, that... It, 
a false count anywhere match. It was a, they added, I guess, this stipulation to the match where you had to get to your feet. So it's almost like a, a, a knockout as opposed to a count out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. So like a last man standing ten count. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Right. So it, it's yeah, not, you're right. That's not a, a countdown. They were giving him. The, they were waiting for him to. It was okay, the okay, ten, I see your ten point. count I to get back point. to his feet. Yeah. I love that we clarified that because I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jimmy, I'll, I'll let you go first on this. My, I guess, my overall thoughts here are: I hate how we got here. Hate the hate the road to get here. I like the idea of Hobbs as champion. I like the idea of Wardlow being able to challenge for the world title because I think that's where he should be. But I hate, I, I hate Wardlow losing the title to Joe for Joe to lose it to Darby for Darby to lose it to Joe for Joe to lose it to Wardlow for Wardlow to lose it to Hobbs in rapid succession. That yeah, that's that that's the thing that bothers me the the most about this is especially and other little things throughout this match. Look, I don't have an issue with some of the big spots they did and all that kind of stuff and fighting around. It's, you know, at first I was thinking they started the match outside the ring in the back. That's fine because it's a false count anywhere match. And, and you know, there was a referee present, uh, you know, and whatever. But there was a spot in the match that where Wardlow was on the top rope. Right. Hobbs mm-hmm. was on the table on the floor. He did the swanton basically onto Hobbs from the top rope to the floor through a table covered for a false finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least if, if Wardlow would have sold for a little while before covering. Right. To give time for Hobbs to recover. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then I could Agreed. buy it. And then. Agreed, uh, that was probably my favorite spot in the match, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and then I was then, shocked they actually did it. I thought mm-hmm. so, like Wardlow was going to get up and stop him, and right, right. they were going to like come down to the apron, come down to the floor, and then like slam him through the table or something, or something but, like that. Yeah. And then you know, I, I get the the announcers try we're connecting the dots with with QT Marshall coming out with QT Marshall and Hobbs, but at the same time, it was kind of like, come on, man. And then the the chair shots, and then the double slam through the whatever it was for the for the count. Not, it wasn't count out, but for the, you know, the him the not last making his standing count. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. For whatever we're calling it. Uh, and is I don't have as much of a problem with that as I do, like you said, Jack. The short title reign of Wardlow. That here's a guy that they could. He, what was it? Oh, just a little over a year ago, was projected to be the face of the company, and now, and I hate to say it this way. They have gotten to the points where I don't care. You know what I mean? And this was mm-hmm. a guy who who had the potential to be the face of the company. And and you know, they like they say, you can go over with you can get over without going over. In Wardlow's case, he needs to go over and over and over. Mm-hmm. He can't lose like this. I one hundred percent agree. Uh uh, Issa, I'm going to give you the super chats here. Corey Pride, been so patient. Corey, I appreciate you. Uh, we got two of them. Tony Khan hates Wardlow, ruining his career, and then says, why book the match? Hobbs and Wardlow both should be stacking wins independent of each other. Wardlow must have heat with TK. Um, 
you can't help but to wonder those kind of things, right? Because of how the booking with Warlow has gone on and the booking with this championship. I still go back to Miro being the last time that I remember really caring about what was going on with this championship. And I think the hot potatoing of it is not helping. I have a lot of issues with this match because there's so many things that fell right and so many things that fell wrong. I'll start by saying the booking of a false count anywhere match because of the real life situation that happened to Warlow, I thought it was super smart. He doesn't mm -hmm. have gear. He's going to show up like this. I love the way that they kind of got away with that. I love the start of it backstage. I love the swanton. I love what you brought up, Jimmy, because I thought the same thing. How are you going to kick out of that? But my issue is that that is exactly where my issue starts. I don't have a problem with Hobbs winning. I'm happy that Hobbs wins. I don't like that it was at the cost of Warlow. I almost wish they would have never done Warlow in Samoa Joe. But when he's kicking out of that kind of spot, why can't it be a clean win? They're beating the hell out of each other throughout the mm -hmm. entire arena. Why not? So I feel like I, I was I didn't I wasn't mad but I wasn't happy because QT Marshall had to help him and at that point I was like you mean to tell me they just beat the crap out of each other throughout this entire arena he kicked out of that but he needs help and on nitpick on production it looked like he fell on a memory foam mattress they made this mistake on multiple occasions in AEW they did it with mm -hmm. with uh, Chris Jericho in that spot from top of the blood and guts match I know you guys remember mm -hmm. which really took away but it just looked like Warlord just landed on a fluffy mattress. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm happy that, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that Hobbs gets a championship. But like that chat said, they should be getting wins independently, not going against each other at this time. So if, if you were going to go with Hobbs and you were going to put the push on Hobbs, I've been, I've been talking about this with Jimmy on prior weeks. It's like, Warlow is the last person to beat MJF. Hold him back and bring him back at the right time to face NJF. Like, like, why don't don't have this run and have him come mm -hmm. back and call out NJF and be like, I'm the last person to beat you. What are you gonna do about it? If he goes on to lose to NJF right now, it's not gonna hurt him. This is gonna hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have these two big hosses, and this is something big that, meaty men slapping me. Big <laughs> meaty men that are, I mean, just stacked with protein. Right. I mean, I would almost do, you know, I think back to the, I'm going to age myself here. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run battle. I Yo, feel like those were the this, days. <laughs> build this up like uh, to double or nothing where they're both like, I can beat more people than you can between now and double or nothing. And then we're going to fight each other. And you just have them start racking up wins every week. Goldberg style coming out, crushing people can be local guys can be guys that maybe aren't used that much. And then when they fight each other, these guys both have wrapped, racked up like 25 wins over the yeah. past two months. And now who's going to win? And then you just let just let Hobbs get a win if that's what you want to do or cheat, mm -hmm. whatever. But yeah, I, I Wardlow is could be a face of the company. He should be your Goldberg. I don't know why. I feel like they're overthinking mm -hmm. it. Just like because even when he comes out, they, they do the Goldberg chant for him. Like, just make him Goldberg. Just they, they, copy it. Right. It doesn't have that much of a reaction anymore. No. Sadly, yeah. it's their fault. I mean, yeah. because his big his TV record is not that good. No, no. so no, but it all happened after Double or Nothing. Before Double or Nothing, he was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then that real life storyline with it. That's why I'm telling you, like, if he leaves after that and you haven't come back, everything that happened after Double or Nothing is what really started the decline. And it's like you hadn't mm -hmm. go away for a little bit. You could have just hold him back. Hobbs have this moment with Samoa Joe, and then and then just mm -hmm. it could be 
a random field for NJF. Again, right. losing to NJF is not going to hurt him. It's really going to help. He's the last person to beat NJF. It's just it's just right there. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. But mm. Hobbs does deserve this. I just wish the moment would have been a little bit different. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I am very happy for Hobbs. I think he's really <laughs> awesome. Uh, so I'm like I said, I'm glad he's a champion. I just I hope and, and he was wrestling it. in Tim's my New York heart. Oh, you know, my, my former New Yorker heart was all over him wrestling in them Tim's. <laughs> yeah. I, Hobbs, I think, is going to be a breakout star for AEW because he's he's obviously a big guy. He looks like mm -hmm. he'll kill you if you get in a fight with him, but he's got personality too. Yes. He's not just a quiet big guy. Like he he's got style. If you see him, you know, walking around not in his is yep. uh wrestling gear he's he can talk he's they they gotta let him loose a little bit but also let wardlow loose <laughs> give him some time just just crush people the, the, yeah because this, this rivalry could have waited yeah I don't, I, don't, for, I don't know why it was rushed so so quickly right. and again and you're trying to build wardlow back up you know what? Just it's again, another another. I, I talk about missed opportunities. Wardlow is the biggest missed opportunity, and oh. I've even said on this show many times. I hope this particular person doesn't get Wardlowed. Yep, you have used that term. I I smell a reference coming up. Oh. Yeah, uh, hopefully <laughs> he gets back on track here. Uh, it's going to be tough now. I mean, they had they had a guy after he beat MJF. I thought he's three months from the world title. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he could definitely be that guy now. If you told me can he be a legitimate threat, I'd be like, it's going to take him nine months to get there. Mm -hmm. Just off the top of my head, it's going to take nine months of him beating people before right. I believe that. Um, I hear you. So, yeah, that's the show. Uh, let me know in the chat. What do you guys rate this episode? Uh, I think I was a lot higher on it than you guys were, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, before we go around and give our own little re reviews, uh, everyone in the chat, uh, scale out of 10. What do you think this episode was? Uh, Jimmy, tell the world where they can find you online and what was your out of 10 score you'd give this one? Okay. Uh, first of all, you can find me online here on Wednesday nights and on Monday nights. And also you can find me doing the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes uh brian hepner on wednesday mornings it's usually out there and you can catch me on all my social media platforms doing my ref and rants from monday to when friday having a little fun just not not tearing down just trying to tighten some screws want to see it get better because i love this business and as far as tonight's show uh like you said i was enjoying it until the ending and you know what the last thing you see is what you remember the most and it took me right out of it. Uh, so I don't want to give it a number. Uh, I don't want to shortchange it. I don't want to overstate it, uh, overplay the number. But like I said, the final thing you see going off the air is what you remember most. And I did not like the ending because Wardlow got Wardlowed. This is a, that's a fair result. It's kind of a tough one to give a number to. But uh, Issa, where can the world find you online? And uh, what, what would you rate it? I'll give it a number. I'm going to give it a five out of 10 because most of what I like was in the middle. So mid, you know, I didn't like oh. the beginning. I didn't like the end. 
So a lot of the things that I was happy with happening in the, in the meat of the sandwich, you know, um, people can find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays and Friday, and they can also find me on my own YouTube channel, NYC Demon Diva. Also do some work with Lucha Libre online in Espanol for those of you who need it in Spanish. Yeah, I'm everywhere right now, but my YouTube channel, we're so close to 20,000 subscribers. So I'm hoping to make it happen before WWE comes to Puerto Rico. I think we can achieve it. Go subscribe. Everyone, that's right. Go subscribe right now, why don't you? Because uh, you're here. Give us a subscribe mm -hmm. to Issa, why don't you? You yeah. can follow me at Real Jack Farmer. Uh, and of course, you can find me here at Wrestling Inc. Uh, I'm also going to be on commentary for Santino Brothers California Love, kicking off the collective WrestleMania weekend on Thursday, March 30th. We're kind of like the opening act to wrestling's Coachella. When that's is that like Thursday? Thursday morning, we're the opening show. We're kicking it off. You know, I thing. get to Ooh. LA on Wednesday. I'm going to be there, Jack. Come on Wait. through. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see you there. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll make sure you get a ticket. We'll, we'll get you in there. It won't be a problem. Look at you. Uh, You're, what a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you in there. It'll be a fun show. Uh, and uh, everyone in the chat, of course, like, comment, share, subscribe. I got to give everyone a quick shout out. There's a lot of you in here. We got uh, Disciple of God. I've never seen you before, but good for coming through. <laughs> Ricky Zaldivar, Mr. X rolling through. Uh, you know it. Thank you so much. Uh, Ethan Cruz, Jeroy J. Wrestling is Art Bernie, DC, David Montalvo, Huffman, Elite Training, Sofet Sekov, aka Soja BXNYC. You got to shorten that name, pal. That's a good name. <laughs> I, I love you, but come on. That doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Night one, K Black, Killer of Demons, uh, Chris LeClaire, and everyone else. Tina Miller, of course, Monopoly Man. John Millard, so many others. Thank you so much for being here. But please do us all a favor while you're here. It's just an extra favor. There's a, we got a bunch of people here right now, and everyone listening later. Our good friend Justin Labar is out for personal reasons. I think we could all cheer him up if you just go to social media at Justin Labar and just send him a little thinking about you. We, we love your work, and we are glad you're here. I think he'd really yeah. appreciate that if we just spammed his social media with it. So everyone here... Go there and let him know, and he'll be back next week. I I think that would be a really cool thing. That does it for us. And until it's Wednesday, so until oh, the, the, I'm on with Raj tomorrow. Until Thursday show with me and Raj. Uh, we'll see you guys then. Thank you. <laughs>